The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl. Today is our recap episode of week two in the 2022-23 season and here are today's topics. Chelsea and Spurs draw 2-2 in a thrilling second half with Tuchel and Conte both receiving straight reds at the end of the match to fuel the fire of the London derby. Manchester United's nightmare start of season sinks to a new low for Eric Ten Hag's men. Man City continue their hot start, putting four past Bournemouth. Arsenal ease past Leicester behind two great Gabriel Jesus goals. And after 23 years away from the Prem, Nottingham Forest give their fans elation in their opener. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. And that's right, Musty. And because the Premier League is back, so is your chance to win $50,000. Play Premier League, pick them for free, and you can become the next big winner. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app today, available in the App Store or Google Play Store. Wow, what a weekend we've had, my friend. Could have done with you in the studio today, all hands on deck. I mean, so (laughs) much to talk about over the course of the weekend. We're going to start with the London derby from Stamford Bridge. I think Rebecca called it the second battle of the bridge after the the Pochettino (laughs) and Chelsea won back in the day when Spurs were going for the title. Um, A London derby, Mm. mate, that had... Absolutely everything in there. Incident, contention, goals, fouls, managers going at each other. Um, tell me where you want to start. Chuck, Chuck, give me your overview of the game first. In term, from a footballing point of view, Rob, okay. do Spurs come away yeah. with a little bit of credit coming back and, and, and getting the goals in the manner that they did? They, well, we'll get to the goals in the manner and that yeah. stuff in a minute, Rob. But, yeah, they, they come away with some credit... There's a fight about them now. There's a strength about them. Mm. It, it wasn't... You know, that Chelsea came out hot. They yeah. came out hot and yeah. Spurs really struggled to kind of get to grips with the game until the second half. The changes that were made helped them. Um, but the biggest... I guess my overriding thoughts are, what a game, Rob. Just loved it. Yeah. Just loved watching it. Sat on my, on my couch watching you guys in the studio. But the game, I mean, had everything. The, the intensity, the speed, the quality, the fierceness... Love the managers going at mm. it. Love mm. that. I mean, like, there's nothing... I mean, it, it, there's a line, of course. They didn't cross that line. They got they got a yellow card. They got a red card at the end, Rob, for them for them getting a little bit too much in the faces. You know, Tuchel wants the handshake and the manager, Conte, to look him in the eye. And to be fair, we see that, I would say, 80% yeah. of the time, yeah. the eye contact doesn't happen. Mm. I watched Moyes in the earlier game, the West Ham yeah. game. He didn't look into the other manager's eye. Steve so Cooper, yeah. um, Tuchel was a little... Yes, he could be, yeah, but, yeah. And, and so, but who cares? Like the interview afterwards, Rob with Tuchel saying, yeah, like, yeah. what? Yeah, that, like it's emotional. I'm mm. like, yeah, don't need to ask any more questions, interviewer, because that's sign. That's kind of, yeah, 
that, that's two managers that care. That's two clubs that care about this fixture. Mm-hmm. It's two clubs going in a good direction, I feel. Mm-hmm. Chelsea have had you know, a bit of a, a kind of a shaky, I guess, pre-season um, with some of the signings and some of the players leaving and all the rest of it. Um, but the football was pure Premier League. Yeah. And I think, I think Rebecca said it, or I think Peter Drury said it, actually. That's why we love it. And I'm yeah. sat there thinking, this is... I wish I was in the studio, Rob. I was, mm. I was chomping at the bit <laughs> to get in there and say stuff. Um, and jumping to that, uh, you know, my, my, my emotions... We're getting to the goals, Rob, and stuff. It's yeah. just some of the refereeing stuff that happened. Yeah. Now, this was around some key incidents and the goals, etc., which, which may have made a difference... The biggest ones I think that everybody's talking about online, Rob, because I'm kind of looking at social media. Yeah. You know, whilst the game's going on, something in the studio mm. is a little harder for you guys to do. There's so much going on in there. Um, and there was a lot of anger towards the Kai Havertz, the foul on Kai Havertz, yeah. uh, and then the Kukureya, the hair pull by hair Christian pull, Romero. Yeah. yeah. And just, yeah, just on, just on the foul, right? Now, we know that it's too far back for VR yeah. to go back and say, that's a foul, mm. that goal shouldn't have stood. That's the yeah. first thing to clear up. It's so yeah. far back. Exactly. There's a lot of play that happened and everything. So that's not going to, it's not going to stop Fact the goal. goal. No. What would have stopped the goal if the referee have made the correct call and give the foul? Yeah. That, that's what, yeah. that's what, so it was a mistake by the referee, a mistake that couldn't be remedied through VAR yeah. and a reason why Thomas Tuchel and the Chelsea team, Rob, Felt hard done yeah. by because it it was a foul. It was yeah. a mistake, and, and 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 Spurs might argue, well, you know what? There's mistakes the referees do all around. Mm. It's just that the goal came would come from the back of that. So I understand that. Now I'll let you jump in there, Rob, to see if you felt anything differently to that. I no. thought it was a foul. Some people thought there was a little bit of ball in it. Yeah. I thought it was just a, a missed foul by the referee. Yeah, I, I thought it was a foul, but I think. Because, uh, uh, as you say, VAR can't go back. The, the, it moved to get the game mm. had moved so far on. And actually, Jorginho, in his box, I don't know what he's trying to do, flicking the ball and juggling and losing possession. Yeah. I didn't have that much, yeah. that much of a yeah. problem with that one, Rob, to be honest. I thought Chelsea was more of their own doing. That Yes, it was a foul, but before, after that, they had chances yeah. to get the ball away. Right, fair enough. Yeah. 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 The um, hair pull one, the hair the, pull the, one the... Is, is, is interesting. <laughs> Very interesting, my friend, because... So we, we, we have our stats, guys, and we, we look at the, the rules and regulations and, and to see what, might, what the consequences might be. Now, we're told that, you know, excessive force or an act of brutality against an opponent, yeah. whether the ball's in play or not, could, de- could deem it a, yeah. a, a caution, a red card caution. Now, I yeah. personally don't, didn't feel it was an excessive force or brutality, yet I still felt it was a foul, if, I, if it's possible. So it can still be a foul, Rob. I think it's a foul play on, on Romero. As long as the ball is, as long as the ball is in play. Yeah. And I don't know whether the ball was in play when the when, when the, the when the pull came when the yeah. hair pull happened. happened. Yeah, hair pull came because that way then it's a foul. It's a kick to Chelsea. I didn't, and I thought Romero was very lucky to get away with that. I thought he was very very lucky to get so, away with that. I think this foul play yeah. in the middle of before that goal comes. Is there? Right, right. Yeah. Now, okay, so, so so there's a couple of things, isn't there? So this is a corner yeah. that led to the header where it's tipped over the bar. The yeah. next corner the next leads corner to the goal. Comes in. Be- yeah, so Ben Davies has two, the first one. Two, two parts. Hmm. Yeah, two parts. I, I couldn't see, and we've jumped on this podcast afterwards. I haven't had a chance to go back and look yeah. whether the ball was in play. Yeah, that's the, the I'm not If the sure. ball is in play... 
That's a foul. Yeah, right? that's what and I then the, thought. That, so that ends that play, mm. and there's a free kick, and then the second corner doesn't happen. Yeah. So that, and again, we haven't, and we didn't have time in our goal zone, Rob, really, did we, to no, go back and to check do that? that. Look, no. um, so that's one thing. The second thing is, for me, it was an act of brutality, Rob. It was a straight card. You know, I think that was even given as an example, by the way, Rob. Like a few years ago, when we sit down with the Premier League referees, a PGMOL. I, I think that was given as an example. If you pull on somebody's hair in, a, in any way violent manner, that's an act of brutality, like a slap on the face, like somebody trying to pull your eye a little bit. Um, I mean, for that not to... I, I just... I was astonished that that wasn't thought as... Because obviously there's serious foul play, which is a, yeah. a, a, for a straight red card and yeah. three-match ban, which is different. Mm. This is off the ball, yeah. which is called violent conduct. Mm. And it's got to be an act of brutality. That's kind of the language around it, yeah. Rob. And, and, and the way that he forced him down, putting his long hair like that, I thought that was a pretty, pretty big act of brutality. So, in my opinion, now, again, it should have been a red card. Now, yeah. if it was... And why I said in a, in a tweet, Rob, it could have affected the goal because if the ball hadn't been played, it's still a, if that's seen, it's still a straight red, off you go, yeah. and then the corner then comes the corner, in, yeah, and, and things might have been again. different. Yeah, but they have yeah. a man less. They have a man less. So the marking could have been different. It could have been different. So I think that's the, you know, that's, uh, you know, I, I understand the frustration of the, the Chelsea fans. I understand mm. that Thomas Tuchel says that, Rob. And the third thing that was a, was of interest, and I, I'd like to try and clear up, was this, the Spurs... Um, was goal. it the first goal? Hoiberg, yeah. yeah, yeah goal. Richarlison. Yeah. Richarlison, yeah. right. So, again, so I, I looked a couple of times at this in our replays and yeah. stuff, and I thought this goal was okay. Yeah. No question, Richarlison yeah. is in offside position. Correct. All right. Is he in the direct line yeah. vision mm. when that ball is struck? And when I looked at it from the angles, Rob, it's close. Yeah. And well, he's in his, his sight, but yeah. he's not he's not distracted. I didn't no. feel when that ball was struck. Mm. Right. So that's why I think, I think we've had one of these before, would have looked Rob. at this. I think we've had one of these before because Tim Howard is pretty quick and pretty strong on this, obviously from a yeah. goalkeeper's point of view. And he said similar thing. Yeah. I think this one's okay. I think there's enough distance between him and the, the side and the of, of the goalkeeper. Right. Just it just gives the you know the benefit of the doubt to to Hoiberg and Spurs, and that the goals should have stood. So, as you yeah. say, lots of contestants. Yeah. I, I think some of what we're talking yeah. about, Rob, is the referee today. Um, I thought at times d d not a big fan. No, not a big fan. Allowed, thing, allowed much, too much to go, and it, it ended up spoiling the game and causing one or two of these issues that we're talking about now. You know, call fouls when the, when the fouls stop the game when it needs to be stopped, and then the players kind of know where they are. Because we all know as players, Rob, you, you push everything as far as you can. If you sense you've got a referee who's totally. not going to give much, then you, you do a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'll tell you what, Rob, just going back to the, the start of the game and the yeah. way that Chelsea yeah. approached the game, I thought they did a great job of preparing. Mm. You know, Tuchel said before the game, he yeah. knew where the threat is. It's with their counter-attack. I thought they were super Brilliant. tight. They played the game in Spurs half in the first half. They When they Absolutely. give the ball away, they win the ball back again. Correct. The centre-backs, Rob, came all the way through. Rhys James Absolutely. playing as a right-side centre-back was a smart, mm. smart move from the manager. We've seen that before from him. Came in on Hyunmin's son so many yeah. times. Koulibaly's volley was a wow moment. I mean, I, I mean, what a volley that was! <laughs> I thought, you know, the, the the front three players of Chelsea were lively. Yeah. You had you had yeah. Sterling pretty much up front, Rob, with Havertz, and then you had mm. Mount and Angola Kante almost playing as number eights. You saw Kante getting yeah. forward, leaving Jorginho behind there. So I thought the setup of Chelsea tactically was really strong. I thought the energy 
I mean, there's new ownership, there's new players, there's a new buzz about the club. I thought that was great. The atmosphere was really, really yeah. good. And Spurs were first forced onto the back foot, mm. Rob. So, you know, I just wanted to, you know, and Loftus-Cheek, by the way, sneaky good yeah. at right wing back. Yeah. I mean, and I again, I understand it. He doesn't want to play Aspilicueta there, mm. which he's done before, because Loftus-Cheek at home, Rob, gives him a little bit more going forward. Yeah, but and Reese James played, you yeah. know, of course, further back. But yeah. So I liked... I like the way that Chelsea, Chelsea set up Chelsea and approached good. the game. And I think it would, for, certainly for me, Rob, I can't talk for you, but in, in terms of how I thought the game might progress and what we saw last week, the times that Spurs got on the ball a little bit last week and were a little bit more progressive, and I thought they might want to enjoy a little mm. bit more possession today, but they, they got forced back. But they back couldn't and, do it. They yeah, they got forced yeah. back by Chelsea's good play. Um, and, and Chelsea were excellent in their first half. The only disappointment, I think, for Chelsea was it was only one goal at, at half-time. And, and again, you, you talk about how well Havertz, Sterling and, and Mount maybe did as, 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 as a front attacking players, but they still have quite not the goal threat, Rob, that, that's needed in there. Yeah. I mean, Havertz has a great chance late on when yeah. uh, Rhys James yeah. puts in a beautiful yeah. ball and he puts it down the side. And, you know, Mount had a couple of times when he dipped inside and was trying to bend one and put it over the top. And just It's just that cutting edge, Rob, yeah. isn't it, with, with yeah. Chelsea? It's still... Yep. Keeps them a little bit short of, of where they want to be. Absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, that's that's what they're lacking. And I think Aubameyang would be would be mm. a, a good. Mm. I mean, it's it's kind of a temporary measure, I guess, with the age that he's at. But I, but I like the idea of that yeah. and some of the other players as well. I mean, Frankie De Jong, if they can bring him into mm. midfield, Chelsea then look a, a stronger unit. So I know the, their preseason was a little bit wasn't ideal, but I was impressed with Chelsea. I yeah. mean, they, they they I mean if they play with that energy. That's really, really good. Um, jumping back to Spurs, Rob, mm. uh, I thought Richarlison and the coach did a good job. So yeah. he doesn't often change away from his, his three no, at the back, system, but he did no. change away, Rob. Absolutely. When Richarlison came on, yeah. brought off Sessegnon, yeah. I mean, it's basically 4-2-4. Four, four, four. Yeah, 4-2-4. Four, All four. those from... Yeah, 4-2-4. Four, front players there. on there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. brave, wasn't he? So I think that... that, that, that do you know yeah, the line as well, Rob, that, that, that's coming up, that I've picked up on one or two places in social media, and it, it's made me think, and then I'm, I'm not sure if people are always looking a bit deeper, but there's a few suggestions that Conte felt the game was going away from, and he needed to spice it up. So some of the touchline stuff was to get his team going. Hmm. 60 minutes on the clock, and his team kind of responded a little bit and got a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more fiery and... Interesting thought of, of, of this. It's yeah. the kind of thing he might do. I'm not necessarily saying he did. I'm not necessarily saying it was pre-planned. But it might be one of those where he thinks mm. we're a bit passive today. Let's fire things up a little bit. I don't know. It's just it's just out there. A couple of people are, su are suggesting that, as well as a substitute, he changed the atmosphere in the game by what was going on on the touchlines. Mm. Maybe, maybe. And, and to be fair to Thomas Tuchel, mm. I. I mean, I, I I loved it. I couldn't get enough of the the, the squaring up and the running past each other and the, getting each other's faces and stuff. I mean, these are two managers, Rob, that are right up there with some of the most passionate, fired up on the sideline. I think there's quite a few now in the Premier League, which I yeah, don't mind it. It's great, I mean, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's I think it's changed over the years. I think this is more of this now than we've ever had before, yeah. actually. Um, so I love that. I love the fact that Tuchel is a brave man. I know he's a taller man. Mm. He's a brave man to get in the face of Antonio Conte because. Conte's a scary dude. He's a, he's a oh, scary on, dude. Come on, so for him to I'm talking him... to Bex, Musty. Pay-per-view <laughs> fight, Tuchel v Conte. Wow. 
I'm having ten dollars on Thomas, by the way. Big lean. Don't be so stupid. Big lean crafty. Got a few moves, and and I'm telling you, I know the pit bull's coming, but we're going to move around him. Oh, you ain't you ain't taking Conte. He's going to be dead down, flipping low. He's going to get the body shots in there. He's going to get the uppercuts. Um, no, I, I mean the referees had to get involved. Was it the fourth yeah. official rob that got in, in between? Yeah, them in between the two, it was um, brilliant, wasn't it? Brilliant stuff. And then the handshake yeah. thing after. Did, um, you, did you see the handshake that uh, Tuchel well, said he weren't looking in my eyes? Yeah. I mean, please look in my eyes, darling. And then yeah. that all kicked off again. And I, I think know. that's when they got the reds. Yeah. Um, but what, what a brilliant! Yeah, they got reds. I can't. I don't yeah. think. So, well, does that mean they they can't be on the touchline on the next game? Is that one game I ban? Think so. I believe, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. One mm. game ban. Yeah, I think yeah, red cards. I think they've yeah. got to step in the stand. I think. I, mm. I think they can go into the dressing room and all that. Yeah, and do the yeah, usual but, thing, but I think they can't go down, down into there. the dugout. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's going to be interesting. But what a brilliant advert for yeah. Premier League football. What brilliant. a brilliant advert for these two football clubs, Rob. And do you know what? Yeah. I, I got the sense today. My, my overriding feeling is there ain't going to be too much between these two. By the way, come the end of the season. Mm. Yeah. Going to be, I mean, depending what you know, well, Chelsea do in the window, and, and obviously Spurs are, are pretty stacked now with, with what they've got. This, this could be a really interesting fight, I think, outside of the top two um, for, for, for third spot. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally, Rob. I mean, you've got to throw Arsenal. We'll get to Arsenal, yeah, but Arsenal yeah. will be in that mm. uh, conversation as well. Just one last question, Rob, I was going to throw at you. OK. Uh, I think we're going to probably see it, but is it... Is it getting to be the time when Antonio Conte is going to start introducing some of his new players? Yeah, I wondered about you that. You know, yeah. Ivan Perisic, yeah. you know, left wing back. Yeah. I mean, they're coming in, Richardson came in and yeah. was fired up and yeah. was charging around a little bit. You know, he has got he has got some options now, Rob, in different spots. Eve Basuma in the middle of the mm. park. Could he yet to be more effective than a, Bant- a Bentoncourt? Yeah. yeah, Possibly. Or, or you know, I, I, I just wonder if now, I get it, the first couple of games, yeah. the manager, yeah. um, we might see a couple of changes to the first 11, Rob, to see yeah, some of good. these new guys from the start. What do you think? It's a good point, uh, and I like it, because I, I, I think it's one of those where you've got the shirt, I trust you, but there's quality waiting on the sidelines now, and if you're not doing the business, then yeah. you know we'll start integrate some of the money yeah. we've paid. And as you say, Richarlison gave him energy, gave him legs, gave him a little sport when he came on. Perisic is, is quality. Eve Basuma, I think, is going to be an excellent mm. player for, for Spurs yeah. in the middle of, middle of the park. Yeah. Um, and that's what they can do now. That's what City used to do, Rob. Rotate those midfield players and wide players, and Liverpool have done. And, and Chelsea and Spurs in the past have not had the depth of quality. They're both now are, are pretty good around the, those areas. I mean, Chelsea need to obviously look at things up front. But, yeah, it's, it's a good thought, and I think we will start to see some of those players now. Antonio Conte went strong in the summer to, to make the squad bigger, to make sure that he could rotate, yeah. to make sure there is competition. I think we're going to see that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, my friend. We're going to jump on to the next game, which on our list is... Oh, I mean, I, Oof, I mean, not, not, again, nothing to talk about here, is it? A lot of these games. Nothing to talk about here. Oh, Brentford wow. 4, Manchester United 0. I mean, pretty routine if, if you're Brentford. I mean... Yeah. 
the explanation tells me everything. I mean, it, a lot of it, Rob, be, starts becoming old ground we've gone over. A lot of it starts becoming, you know, same old thoughts, same old Manchester United, different manager yes. but different thing. Yeah. Let me, let me chuck one out there straight away to, to open... What, Rob, what do we, let's, listen, obviously that's the biggest bit, right? Yeah. Why don't we start with Brentford? Can we start yeah. with Brentford yeah, yeah, and give them shout. some credit Absolutely and like, give them a shout, bit of yeah. love? And then we'll get, we'll get yeah. into the Man United yeah. stuff. Um, and and, and as I, as I'll, get, I'll keep on there, Rob, as I'm talking now. Yeah. But I, I just, you know, this, this little football club uh, and what they're doing is pretty astonishing. I mean, that's yeah. got to be the... I think Rebecca said it in the, in the, the broadcast, biggest, like probably yeah. their best result of, their, yeah. of ever in their history. Yeah. And I thought, in terms of star players, and we've got to give out our underappreciated, mm. God, there's so many underappreciated players yeah. in this game and in other games, by the way. But the midfield, I thought of Brentford, and there's a player in there, Josh De Silva. We saw him mm. score a wonderful goal on the opening weekend from that midfield position. But him, Matthias Jensen, and Norgard in that midfield three. Of course, Eriksen is, is not yeah. there anymore. He's gone to the other side in this game, Manchester United. I thought those three were, were particularly brilliant I thought Man United played into their hands. They were they were ready and waiting for yeah, them. Yeah. I thought they took a foot off the gas in the second half, Rob, being 4 0 up and just mm, to let Man United yeah. try and huff and puff a little bit more. Um, and, and also, I want to, again, just. And we've probably said a lot of the same things, Rob, before, but the way that Brentford is ran mm. in their little niche in football, in world yeah. football, and their revenues and their, you know, their, where they sit, they're about as good as it can possibly be for a club of that size. Yeah. I note the new players, Keen Lewis Potter from Hull City, Rob. Yeah. The videos I've looked of him looks very, very right. good. And now yeah. Damsgaard, the midfield player. Mm. The, the, I think he's only 22. Uh, the Dane Danish, that was yeah. great in the Euros. I, you know, another very smart signing that I think you're going to see a lot of. Damsgaard's a little bit in the mould of Ericsson. Clever, skillful, through balls. Mm. So, you know, we're, we'll jump onto Man United in a second. Yeah. But, you know, Ben Mee, the midfield, mm. Mbomo, Ivan Tony. They've got enough now with some smart additions I've just pointed out to be fine. You know, the second season syndrome is something that's real and would be of concern. I just I just don't know whether it is, Rob. The energy's there with the fans. Yeah, no, They're going to be good no, at home. Absolutely, yeah. They've got front players that can score goals. They've got a smart coach, good recruitment. Brilliant, brilliant story. Yeah, and, and, and I just want to reiterate the Thomas Frank because I heard a couple of interviews after the game, Rob, and he's... he's understanding, his preparation, his, his attention to detail. He talked about watching the, the tape last week against Man United Brighton. It's at times we can go long and we can put um, Ivan Tony yeah. on to Martinez and we're going to win the first ball. So he's done his homework, the team are ready. Yeah. He talked about the press, Rob, of how when, when uh, De Gea plays out, one of those midfield players is going to jump on to the, to the holding um, midfield player for, for me, yeah. I, as he did with Asian, they're going to win the ball back. He talked about lots of things in terms of tactically from set pieces. If we can get Ivan Tony isolated with a smaller person, we're going to win set pieces. All the things that came out, Rob, he talked to his team before and he'd worked at. It's a smart coach. It's a, it's a brilliantly well fo football club. And in two weeks, Manchester yeah. United played Brighton and Brentford, two of the <laughs> smaller clubs in, in things. Yep. Two very smart coaches who've got um, average players, Rob, who, who are playing at level, well-organised, well-drilled, well-prepared. And both those football clubs are better run, I'm talking the business of the football totally. clubs, are better run than the great Manchester United. Mm. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. 
And, you know, I think the players, Rob, are maybe a little bit better than average. I know the point you're making and the budgets they're coming from, yeah. but I think it goes back to good recruitment. Mm. Good recruitment for that size of club to bring in players that can mix it at the Premier League level. So you make a very good point. You know, Man United, my goodness, like, and we'll get on to them now, Rob. And in terms of a club, the way it's run, you know, we're, we're seeing, we're see, continuing to see disturbing images, performances, face of a manager that looks mm. absolutely shell-shocked, yeah. Eric Ten Hag, when the goals are going in. Now, to be fair, he can't do much about David De Gea's mistake. That's a pretty yeah. bad mistake from a brilliant goalkeeper that's been in good form, you know, last season, got back to somewhere near his best. That's just a nightmare. And fair play to him, by the way, Rob, for, for De Gea yeah, coming on afterwards and saying, yeah. I want to yeah. speak to you guys. Yeah. It's my fault. Yeah. The second goal, so that that's just like, wow, that's a big mistake. The second yeah. goal is a joint of a players and the coach. Mm. The coach wants them to play yeah, out. They yeah. sit, the two centre-backs split, the midfield player. It was a wrong time to do it, and it was too tight. But sometimes we know what it's like, Rob, when you've drilled something in pre-season, yeah, you bring it into the, it, yeah. the, the start of the season, and you kind of go with it. Clunky, Again, yeah. it was a mistake. Mm. He shouldn't have done it. It was a clunky De Gea and, and Eggson tried his best to sweep the ball out, but it was yeah. closed down. Really good pressing uh, from them. I thought the third goal, Rob, Ben Mee at the back post. Yeah. Lissandra Martinez. That muscles him, doesn't he? In the you know, we, we don't want to judge. We don't want to judge a, a centre back mm. when he's five foot nine. But it is the that is what makes him different. And yeah. we, we we'll have to point out when that's an advantage, yeah, and a disadvantage. An advantage sometimes because he's very he's he's low centre gravity. He's he's, mm. he's good kind of, of anticipating stuff. He's very good on the ball. But he got out muscled at the yeah. back post for that goal. And then the fourth goal. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. goal from Brentford and going yeah. back to front. Brentford. The first ball in and Bomo finishes it off really well. And, and we're all like, wow, what is going on? Mm. And that's when we get the images of the manager, Rob Ten Hag. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I'll let you jump back in, mate. I mean, we, we, we go in, in circles with this yeah. club. Yeah, yeah. First of all, you tell me about the manager here, Eric Ten Hag, yeah. like in terms of what he needs to do. Is there going to be early, silly early pressure on his position? Yeah. yeah. Um, has he had enough time to do anything with the team, Rob? Yeah. You know, how much of this, I don't expect you to say a ton, how much of this was on him? Um, difficult to, 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 to put on him. Listen, when you sit in, in the manager's seat and then you're Manchester United, then it's going to come on you. Um, he's been working with the team probably six weeks in total for, for most of the players. I'd like to see a little more and a little better, being as you've had a week on the training ground and I wanted to, to see some improvement from last week from Brighton. Um, looking shell-shocked on the side of the pitch, not really saying anything, looking a little bit vacant is not a particularly good look for Manchester United playing that manager. Now, he might have all kinds of thoughts going on in his head. I'm just talking as I see it, Rob. And where I am with this situation now, and, and, and this is just one to throw at you, um, in terms of where I feel, and it, it was something sort of backs, we were talking about the backs. I think it's time. If Ten Hag is the guy, and he's, he's shown he can be a, what, a, one of the top coaches in Europe, if they believe he's the guy, and let's say, for, for argument's sake, we're going that he is, he needs to go to the ownership of the football club and the people who he's worked with and take all the pressure off and talk about a three year plan. Stop talking about Champions League and where they're going to finish this year and do they get in Europe and what progression. Take all that away, Rob, and start to work on the three- to five-year plan. Because that's what this football... This is where this football club are. 
If not, we might have a couple of decent results. They put four wins together. We say, oh, United are back, and it's going to come back again. It, it, we're, we're not at the stage where Manchester United are playing the level of football that Chelsea are playing, that, that Spurs are playing, and certainly the top two Liverpool and Man City. It's time to take the pressure off. It's time to rebuild this thing from the bottom up, and it's time to start again. It's a bit where Liverpool were, Rob. Liverpool had 30 years without title. Manchester United, 10 years now. It's time for a rebuild, a proper proper rebuild it is and I, I agree with that I really agree with that um, expectations Rob is is since Sir Alex Ferguson yeah. finished in 2013 I think it was yeah you know it, it, the expectations been huge mm. now trying to implement what you're saying there will be difficult like wow like we're, mm. we've got to be okay yeah. with some young kids yeah. coming in and, and losing more games mm. and floating around mid-table mm. that would be a hard sell yeah back to back to comparing with others and I think that's where it's interesting, Rob. And I think that's where we can try and move this forward a little bit. You know, you ain't got to look. I mean, you can look. You can look at the at the at the start of Sir Alex Ferguson's time, Rob, at Manchester United. Yeah. I think he was. I mean, he was a long time before yeah, success, success came. Yeah. And it happened, and it was helped along with a with a brilliant crop of young players through mm-hmm. the academy. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether how possible that is again. That that was pretty yeah, freaky yeah. and pretty mm. unique that all that class of '92 came yeah, through together. and was the foundation of a yeah. ton of success. That's hard to replicate. Even I know he's a, was the great man, Sir Alex Ferguson. So so having to try and recreate that really really difficult. Mm. But maybe a bit more realistic, Rob, is looking at other clubs. Let's look at three other clubs, and, and, and different degrees of, of similarity. Yeah. Liverpool. I yeah. mean, massive club, hard times. They pipe the right guy. There's signs of progression. They rebuild. They re-sign. They get um, what's Camoli initially. Then it was Michael yeah. Edwards, a director of football. Great people in the top spots. Good owners that want to win. Mm. And the rebuild, the rebuild starts. And you see it, and you watch them. You're like, well, yeah, they're losing finals, but but they're going in the right direction. That's the way to do it. Good ownership, hiring the right people. Arsenal Football Club, Robbie. And again, I don't know how, how, how close it will be. But they've had a massive reboot and a rebuild with, with aging players that are, that are on big wages, don't really care about what's going on. Over the course of like two or three years, Rob, they've got rid of those guys and they've rebuilt with clever Edu, Mikel, two, the two most important, I said this a million times on this podcast, the two important signings, uh, hirings, and they're on their way back and looking pretty good. And Tottenham, you know, again, varying degrees of, of kind of yeah. how close it is to Manchester United, but they've kind of... You know, they've, they've rebuilt a few times that hasn't really worked. But again, you've got a, a, a coach in uh, Antonio Conte and you've got Paratici, the yeah. director of football, work together, experienced people, top operators in their positions and you see what's going on right now. I'm fed up, and I'll let you get in a minute, Rob. It's the last yeah. big point I want to make. I'm running out and I'm fed up of, of hearing people to blame. Right yeah. from from when Sir Alex Ferguson left, I'll just I'll just run through a few that everybody. It's always been like, and, and listen, we've I'm sure that we've been guilty as well, Rob, of like, well, he's not good enough, and it's his fault, and this is Man United. Moyes, Jose Mourinho, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Ralph Ragnick, Ed Woodward, Paul Pogba, McFred in the middle of the park, you know. <laughs> Harry Maguire, I go on. John Murta, the new director of football. Ronaldo. I mean, there's so many different avenues that people, well, that's the problem, and that's a problem. It goes to, and I've got it in my notes here as, as, as capital letters, 
it's the recruiter. It's the top recruiter. The recruiter at the very, very top. The owner of the club. Mm. And, and people can say they spent a ton of money. Who cares? It, it doesn't matter if you don't hire the right people mm. in those positions. And that comes down. And, and, and that's why you see in the protests, because when you get the uptick and the little improvements, they know, the Man United fans know more than anybody else, Rob, that the owners could be doing more could mm. be showing they want to win, could, could be trying to influence things better, could be hiring the right coaches and the right... And by the way, some of them have been the right coaches, yeah. but the, the recruitment side, the director of football, and that's why, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did well with a, with a bunch, but it was a start of, you know, the, the squad not being great to yeah. continue long-term. It went south with him and now the previous manager. So, you know, I'm, fed up, I'm getting fed up of going around and around and around and around yeah. and around. The owners are the ultimate recruiters. They're the ones that pick the director of football, and they pick everybody else. But, but and, and, and listen, very well uh, put argument, and, 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 and you know, lots of good examples. For some reason, Rob, and, and, and it's because it's the biggest club in, in England, arguably one of the biggest domestic clubs, uh, um, sorry, uh, clubs in, in world football. Manchester United is different. And people can't seem to accept. All the other clubs we talk, you, you've mentioned, all the clubs have gone through some really difficult times and then started to have decisions that give some building blocks to have success. Manchester United don't. Manchester United is like, as, as you say, a bit scattergun approach, whether it's, whether it's managers, whether it's recruitment, whether it's style of play. There's no, there's no understanding, there's no profile of Manchester United anymore. We don't know what they are, Rob. We haven't got a clue. No, Klopp came no. in and, 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 no. and built a profile of what Liverpool yeah. are like. Now, he, now it's almost easier for him to go and find players because they've got to fit a certain style. Manchester United haven't got a style, so what, we have, they have a bit of this, a bit of that. They, you know, a Martinez... Mm. Who, who, is, it's, is a, lost. It, it, mm. it's all over the place. And that's why I just think, almost clear the decks for a moment for Manchester United. Take this moment just to start again and, and take the pressure off and, and go for the rebuild and have the tough times and go through some times when it, it might be kids making mistakes. But come out the other side. Look at, look at the Arsenal. I know. Rob, Rob I, and, and listen, we'll move on in a second. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. I think with these other clubs, right, I think... Um, you know, we, I, I or you could suggest kind of strategies that they should do, like yeah, get get yeah. this and. Do. I tell you what, if if you're if you're the manager, or you're any high, higher up director of that club, like it is, su it is in such a bad mess right now. It's really hard to find a way to be positive. Go and find. I mean, where, where's the fellow Michael Marcus Edwards, Rob? Where's the fellow Michael Edwards that Liverpool lost? Where is he? Go and pay him. Well, he's, what, he's whatever. around. He's look, looking yeah, to find a job. Go and pay him whatever yeah. he wants. Go and let him put some structure in and go and let him start recruiting your players. Right now, right there, you've got a start. Yeah. You've got a decent start. Right. Proven. Proven guy. So, who, so, so, all right. So, so, who makes that decision? Who makes that decision? I would think if it's Arnold. It's got to be Arnold, doesn't it? I, think, I would have thought yeah. Arnold. Yeah, well, that's, or, your job. that's your job you then. Know, Go and find the best guy. Yeah, you know, if Edwin van der Sar is around, he's at Ajax and whatever, and Ten, ten Hag's works with him. Go and pay him what is required. Go and spend the money like you would on a strike, yeah. and go and bring him in, Rob. Go and yeah. bring him in. That 
That's yeah, the kind of thing they've got to do. 100%. 100%. Listen, let's move on. Yeah, on, okay. finish off. Right, move it on, move it on. Let, let's move it on. No, no, last... No, no, yeah. I know, there's a bit of a delay here, but, but um, no, the last point is yeah. John Murta, who is the that mm. really important director of football role, is 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 inexperienced in this yeah. position. Yeah. And I get, you know, people have got to have a chance. Mm. Michael Edwards was young, inexperienced yeah. when he took over the position at Liverpool. It worked out great. I understand Man United might have the same philosophy. You know what? He's our Michael Edwards. He's a, he's a guy. He knows the club. He's been he's been around a little bit. It's his time. But given the evidence, yeah. you know, it's okay for Richard Arnold to say, you know what, right? This enough's enough now. We we need to bring in some best this in needs class experience in this now, position. Rob. This needs experience. Right. Right. Needs people would know how. Right, million percent. And and that's what he's yeah. going to do. Listen, over the other side of city yeah. of, of, of Manchester, things not not going too bad. 4-0 against the Bournemouth team um, was pretty predictable in the way it went. It took just under 20 minutes to get the first goal, Gundogan, then things opened up. A day when Erling Haaland wasn't needed that much, Rob. He only had eight touches during mm. the game, mm -hmm. one of them an assist to Gundogan. Ooh. Very different kind of performance yeah. than we saw last week from him. And it'll be like last week he was going to score, you know, break the, the goal-scoring record for the, for the Premier League. This week it'll be like, oh, is he going to get double figures? But listen... City are flying again, they're purring, they're still in first gear, you feel there's these more to come. And in the end, we're just too much mm. for, for Bournemouth, mate. I thought, Scott, you try to f put your team up, try to block off early on, but with the moment the first goal goes in, it opens things up and then City can do their thing. Yeah, I just saw highlights on this one, Rob, yeah. because this is the same time at Arsenal, and I just took the time, we both watched different yeah. games there, just so yeah. we can... You know, talk about it on our podcast, but I did see the highlights. I did read the stuff about Haaland, and, and that is, you know, I think I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago. I mean, it, it, it's going to change around, yeah. but, but but the couple of things that I mentioned at the start where I had my slight doubts about this player was was injury injury kind of a record over the last few years. Mm. Fine now, great. He's an athlete. It looks amazing. Yeah. That's one little concern. And the other one was that you know the football might might seem a little redundant, and he might not mm. get many touches. We saw it in the Community Shield, similar type of situation um brilliant of course in the first game of the season and you know again i didn't see this every minute of it but yeah. I, but I, I i assume robin i'll just get your get your quick is it like where he makes runs and then like the ball doesn't come and you stop making runs and you kind of wait you look at the football yeah. i mean they won the game when he made a great assist yeah. but eight touches in a game rob i mean that that isn't really normal no um i mean if I remember when Lukaku had something similar about didn't we and, and everybody yeah. started to jump and he got ridiculed a little bit he got ridiculed yeah I, think, yeah. I thought what he did do quite well was, was stay high up the pitch, Rob, and he helped to stretch the game out and allowed the Gundogans right. and the De Bruyne's to have more effect and Foden when, when they come on. So that is something, just his physicality and his size and probably his name brings to you. There's a fear about the space in behind, yeah. so he stretches teams for you. But, yeah, I think there's times it's... And, and listen... Jack Grealish has been at the football club, what, now 14 months or so, and still, yeah. I don't think he totally understands how City play. I think it's going to be a learning curve for him, mm. Robin. You're right. These times he makes runs, these yeah. times he shows for the ball and it doesn't come because they're mm. using him as a decoy to get mm. other people in. Um, but he, he, mm. he talked about you know playing the, uh, the Etihad, getting his first game in front of the fans, and um, there's plenty of goals in him. There's, there's plenty more to come. Uh, yeah. With a City team that mm. are only going to get better, mate, as, as things stand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
All right, shall we go on to Arsenal, Rob, the game yeah, I watched? Yeah, this was the game you watched, and um, really interested in this one, because it looked like at one time it was going to be clearly Arsenal, then Leicester got back into the game, and then all of a sudden uh, Arsenal get the fourth. Um, you know, great win for them. Gabriel Jesus mm. getting all the headlines and, and, and looking the player that maybe many thought, you know, he should, he should have had the opportunity at Manchester City. He's the main man, he's up front and scoring goals. But what, what, what about Arsenal? Mm. As, as a whole, as a balance, as a team, is, is it starting to look a little bit more like you, we, we would expect? Yeah, really good. This was really good Arsenal. Really mm. good Arsenal. I mean, home game, of course. Like, fans, it's a totally different atmosphere now inside the Emirates. Yeah. Um, the team looks totally different to this time last year, of course. Um, new signings, uh, i got to say, were outstanding. I'll get onto those, but were outstanding in the yeah. game. And just the, 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 the general, you know, the Palace result last week, Rob, they, they, they won it, mm. they scored, and they dis, not disappoint because they won the game, but I, I expected a little bit more control, a little bit more go on then and, and really boss the game. It didn't yeah. really happen. But this was excellent. I mean, Leicester are a dangerous team. They've got good players in different spots. They've got a strong team out. Where's he for fun? I thought, I thought Rob was, was a risk of a red card early on. We know the, the, yeah. the Chelsea kind of rumours about him. He was a bit of a loose cannon early on. Brilliant player. Yeah. But he was diving into things and, and getting into a little bit of trouble. Um, but they're a dangerous team. And Arsenal, you know, they, they, they played some lovely football. And it's similarly, the, the tactical side of it, and I don't want to bore, bore the pants off everybody about the tactical side of it, but, but Arsenal kind of grooved. And they got this different system, and I've mentioned it before, but w the way they do things is pretty complex, Rob. Mm. And I'm going to jump onto something we always do in our podcast, because it's going to mention, I'm going to mention this player. My underappreciated performer... Uh, for this weekend is Alexander Zinchenko for Arsenal at left back and I'm sure the listeners and stuff know all yeah. about this player but maybe he was a little bit underappreciated and coming to Arsenal Football Club I tell you he, he looks he looks so perfect for them mm. I guess you you think that coming from City yeah. with uh, of course Arteta's links there but he also rolled into that uh, into midfield the inverted fullback I think they'd mm. be you know they're all calling it right now. Um, so he did that as well. And, of course, we know that with their midfield, they kind of spread They spread into a three-man midfield with Granit Xhaka, like a number eight on the left-hand side, and Odegaard on the other side, uh, Partey just holding. But he comes in to play alongside um, Thomas Partey. Partey. So yeah. kind of complex, worked really, really well. But Zinchenko, Zinchenko and, of course, Gabriel Jesus, that will grab yeah. all the headlines for the goals, um, two goals for him in the first half. I thought those two were outstanding. And, and if you if you make your first eleven better, you know yeah. that that's tough to do mm. without spending a ton of money. Now I know they spend quite a lot of money Arsenal this yeah. window and the last uh, the last season as well. But those two players in particular, we've talked about Saliba before. He's unfortunate with an own goal. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I'm not sure I've ever. I, I mean, he scored the own goal, Rob, and, he, and, and the fans love him so much. <laughs> They cheer, they, they cheer, they always cheer every time he got the ball after that because, yeah. like, don't worry, like, you, we love you, yeah. you're doing great. Yeah. yeah, keep your spirits up and stuff. And they went on and won the game 4-2. I tell you, this, this was 90 minutes of good. Yeah. You know, Palace was, like, 20 minutes, half an hour of good. Yeah. Arsenal look really, really comfortable, really um, confident. The proof will be in the longevity and yeah. the consistency. I think that's still where I would have a few doubts longer term. Can they keep this going when things get a little tough? You know, Martinelli was lively at the left side of the, of the field against Fafana. It was, a, it was a really entertaining game. Arsenal looked very good, Rob. Yeah. It's interesting with Arsenal, Rob, because you feel as though, like, one of the things that was interesting, you say, they groove now. There's a style of play. There's a set pattern that, that 
you know, we used to watch Arsenal and didn't know what we were going to get. I think that looks like, it feels like that's changing a little bit. There's a little bit of a, of a profile around exactly what they're going to do. It looks to me, yeah. and, and then again, I saw um, highlights of uh, the Arsenal game, we're keeping an eye on, but Jack Jesus looks like he's loving life. Yeah. He's loving being the number yeah. nine. He's loving being the main man. He's loving yeah. getting chances. He's loving being assists. I think he'll enjoy London. I think he'll enjoy his teammates. Mm. Um, and, and a young manager, Rob, and, and, and I know we don't want to over-promote other things, but the, there's a documentary out with, with Arsenal at the moment, and people are picking up things, and the, these little quotes coming on. And one of, the, one of the things that I keep hearing, Rob, is that the players are saying, Mikel Arteta, oh, he's tactically so smart, tactically so good. And, and experienced players, players who you would think, well, they've been in the game. He, it, it seems to be a recurrent thing that this guy has got a little bit of that, that special source now, he's worked under Pep. He obviously was a great player, and we, we weren't sure in the past with, with some of his decisions how he's done things. But it seems he's definitely got this group on side, and the players are talking really highly about him. Yeah, I'm working my way through those episodes, Rob, that documentary. I haven't seen it all yet, but yeah. I'm, I'm, of course I will get through mm. it. But no, I mean, it's, uh, everything's working right now. Um, yeah. Good victory against Leicester. Uh, that's good for them. That's two out of two wins. Good start for them. So different to last year. Yeah. But again, let's, let's just see... Yeah. Week in, week out, because to get finishing the top four, Rob, mm. I tell you, we just we just watched talked about Spurs and, and yeah. Chelsea fired up. You know, Arsenal are in that category. Mm. They got to they got to try and find a way to fit, to get in there, and it's going to be really difficult uh, given the the form of some of these other teams. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Yeah. Let me take you to the city ground, my friend. 23 years it's been since they uh, last played their home game in the <laughs> Premier League. The last, goals, the last win was 1-0, I think, against Leicester. Uh, Chris Bart Williams with the goal, Robbie Musto, in 1999 was the last time I believe. Chris Bart that... Williams, I played with uh, Chris. Chris Bart I played with him. Played with Chris Bart Williams at Chal- yeah, Charlton yeah. Athletic in yeah, my, one of my final footballer. years. Yeah. He's, 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 he's in America, by the way. Yeah. He's a lovely footballer. And he's he was one of those players. I don't know if you remember, Bob. I played against him a few times. He never used to lace his boots up. He'd always have his boots like loose without the laces. <laughs> he used to think, yeah, he used to stand on his laces all the time and give him a problem. But <laughs> listen, let, 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 let's talk about Nottingham Forest, Steve. Uh, Cooper and the group because it was a game and, and I was focusing on, on this one today. Eight of the starting players, Rob, had been bought in this season. They brought yeah. in 14 new players. Yeah. There's probably two or three more still coming through the door. I mean, it's an incredible amount of players to one, get in a dressing, two, to mould into some kind of cohesive unit. But Steve Cooper's, I think, a, a confident coach, a modern coach. Um... I believe will give Forest a real realistic chance of staying in the league. And I thought it was such an important win for them today. They got a bit of luck. Listen, West Ham hit the, the, the crossbar a number of times. Declan Rice misses a penalty kick. But in the main, the better performers of uh, uh, playing football were wearing red shirts uh, today. And I thought that was an important thing for Steve Cooper and the group. And the fans, by the way, were absolutely brilliant. Yeah. No, what a what a day of games it was, Rob. And um, you know, for for the, for the listeners and viewers out there that didn't get a chance to see our pregame show, I thought yeah. it was lovely to go back in time and focus a little bit on Nottingham Forest, where they came from, what they've won, yeah. league title in England, back to back European mm. cups, like the Champions League equivalent now, which which is when you think about it, for a club that's not a giant of a club, yeah. is astonishing. Back to back 
um, with Brian Clough, of course, there were some Cluffy moments, Rob, and a couple yeah. of stories that you guys said in the studio. So the, the, the feeling around this club is that it, is, it really is part of English football. Mm. And the atmosphere today was great. Um, I remember playing there once, Rob, and, and it's my little story, if I'd have been on the air today, is that I was uh, all, all tucked up in my hotel room, you know, Middlesbrough, mm. away at Nottingham Forest. And, uh, you know, got my little gown on, just had a nice dinner and a shower and all that. Got my feet on the, on the settee, watching TV, ready for, you know, have a good night's sleep. Phone call. Uh, Caroline, your wife's just gone into labour. Um, so <laughs> you've you got to get going. So I'm like, oh, blimmin' heck, like, it's on. And I, I phoned around the club, the team, the manager, and I ended up getting a, the, the kit man... I think it was Nigel Pearson, Rob, uh, had his car at the game. Yeah. So we jumped in the car and drove all the way up to Teesside. I mean, I don't know, what's that, three hours or something? Um, I go up there in the middle of, so in like the early hours of the morning, my little Lewis is born. Caroline and Lewis doing great. Um, Like, brilliant, lovely, this is amazing. Jump back back in the car, (laughs) race back. I get like three hours hours sleep. (laughs) I know. We've charged back in the car. I get about three hours, three hours of sleep, play Forest away. I think they beat us 5-0, and I nearly got my head knocked off by a Stuart Pierce free kick and whistled past my ear as I was, I was trembling in the war. So yeah. it, was a, it was a brilliant day, but not, you know, for my personal life, mm. not my professional life. Yeah. Um, but that's what I always remember about playing the city ground. And it was the last time I was there, and my goodness, what a crazy day that was yeah um, and, and anyway, that was so one of the things Rob, yeah, and, and, no. the history of the football club is important but i think i think you know looking forward is important as well it, it, it's so important now a bit like Leeds, it, that forest stay in and, and start to get to the money and start to build and start to compete rob you know and, and that's a, the the challenge for 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 steve cooper um and i've talked about him i think on our podcast before well you know i know his work he's done with the england national youth teams the Fodens and the Sanchos and those, yeah. I think he won the, the Under-17 World Cup. His work he did at Swansea, very unlucky probably not to take them out of the division through the playoffs. Came into Forest, done his job. And I think confident enough to, to sign players. I hear players talk glowingly of him, that he's, he's a real manager mm-hmm. and that he takes an interest in your family and your personal life as well as your football life. Um, and they're signing some decent players, by the way, Rob. I think these are like if Kiate's come in, they're looking at Mope, Emmanuel Dennis, you know, players who've done it, as well yeah. as one or two today. Amoni, I think, is, is the, the front player's name. Awoni. Awoni. He's one of them. We've got to get our, we got yeah, to get we our gotta lips get the, the muscle players, memory but, on yeah. his name. But uh, yeah. I thought he was lively today, made yeah. a couple of good runs and that. Brennan Johnson, yeah. I particularly like Rob. I think he, 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 he was a little unlucky. He got caught offside once or twice. A very good mover. Um, my underappreciated form of the week, my friend, is going to go to a little midfield player called Louis O'Brien, who I think you would have kind of liked because played in midfield, Rob. Yeah. He, he's come from Huddersfield, who Forrest beat in the playoffs with uh, Toffolo. They came in a, in, a, in a joint deal. That's right. 23 years of age, my friend. Played most of his career at Huddersfield, was on loan at Bradford for a year. Clever little footballer, knit things together well, reads a game, experience. I think the kind of player that in two or three years might start building a bit of a reputation that one or two others might look at. Um, that's not to say the size of Forest that they can't keep him, but Louis O'Brien was sneaky good today against uh, uh, yes. Rice and Suchak, who were two... Performers in the Premier League that we know can play at a very high standard, you know, went to Europa League uh, fi- 
semi-finals last time and, and uh, seventh in the Premier League. Lewis O'Brien is my underappreciated player of the week. No, I, I, um, I, I, it was on my list as well, Rob, for underappreciated. Mm. I made a note of him. And I also made a note of another player that, quite honestly, I thought was overpriced. Nico Williams from yeah, Liverpool the, yeah. was, was a big fee to go to that football club. I mean, he played at right wing back today in their system. I thought he was excellent, like really, really good on the right side mm. of their defensive line. Um, and I think it's interesting. I mean, today was good because last weekend we didn't have him as one of our main games. Yeah, you take a look yeah. at the highlights. We did all yeah, that. Yeah, it was Newcastle, wasn't bit. it? And they but didn't today, play very well, Rob, because I watched the game. Yeah, I looked at the they tape. Didn't and they well. didn't play did very you? well. Yeah. Yeah. So I enjoyed today because uh, mm. to, to sit back and to like, I had a good look at them, the shape of them. Yeah. These new players. I've got my I've got my computer. I'm doing a ton of research on what these players have yeah. done. Also noticed. Good age, by the way, yeah. Rob. And there's, I know they had half the team last year mm. were loan players. Yeah, he's there's a Greek ownership there. We kept getting shots of the Greek. Yeah, um, <laughs> crossing he's himself, in, uh, didn't he? Every time West Ham, every time West Ham hit yeah. the ball, he was crossing himself. Yeah. So I mean, and and these are new signings now. Mm. They're like 23, 24, 25 year olds. So yeah. he is hoping that this recruitment, and you know that they're good enough to stay in the division and then they could keep doing it given the age of the team. So mm. Emmanuel Dennis Robbie Earl, I don't know if it's done and dusted yet yeah, from Watford, the, the striker yeah. that did pretty yeah. well here. It's really, really close, I think. I can see him and Brennan Johnson, who I love the look of him, yeah. is floating yeah. around. I think that as a front two could be really interesting. The midfield two, as you said, there's a new player in there, Mangala, Mangala um, yeah. played alongside Lewis O'Brien in midfield. I thought they were excellent. Mm. You got a good wing back. Uh, Toffolo on the other side, wing back. Rob mm. did really well for their goal, yeah. by the way. He gets on the left hand side and checks the ball back. It's kind of an ugly, scrappy goal. Who cares? Um, so yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised by Forrest today. Um, you know, after initially thinking, well, you know, so many players knew we've yeah. seen this before with Fulham, and they couldn't gel to stay up. You know, you worry about them, but I loved it. Loved today. Loved the atmosphere. Mm. You know, it's a brilliant, brilliant club, historic club, yeah. and the team. Is it looks pretty good? So well yeah. done, well done, Cooper, and uh, and this team looks pretty good. Well, disappointing for West Ham. Lost last week to to Manchester City. Obviously, yeah. the the champions and can dismount you with the way they play in the setup today. West Ham going to Forest would have expected a little bit more. I think David Moyes. I mean, Tim said on on, on the broadcast. You know, publicly, David Moyes will say, "Yeah, we're a bit unlucky." So you probably go in the dressing room and say, "You know, we got to do better. We have got to do a little bit better than we did." Mm -hmm. I didn't. I thought they lacked a little spark. The players, you know, the Boeings, the Antonios, and weren't weren't quite as as, as, as sparky as we've seen them in the in the past. Certainly last season. No, I agree, and I think the new signings are going to help that. Rob Skamaka came yeah. into the game. Yeah. Maxwell Cornet, who's mm. a good signing at the money with his buyout clause, yeah. came into the game, and you can see a disappointment in, in uh, David Moyes's. You know his interview afterwards, yeah. but they were kind of unlucky. The crossbar mm, yeah. came down a couple of times, and you have Declan Rice, one of the best players in the country, missing mm. a penalty. Yeah. You know, on another day, and I, and I checked the expected goals, and there's expected goals in this game were higher than Nottingham okay. Forest. So when Did that's you, the case, you know that. Wow. Go ahead. Just on that last, uh, on the disallowed goal to Ben Rama in the first half. Just want to get your thoughts on the Antonio. Sort of Mangala coming together. A foul was given. Went to VL. Were you, were you okay with that? I, I thought it was a. I thought it was a foul. I thought sort of the, the movement and the sort of push pushing action. I thought uh, stopped Mangala maybe closing down Declan Rice who played the ball through. But I think some others were saying that yeah, it's coming together with players and that's one of those things. 
You know what? When I first saw it, Rob, I thought that. I thought mm. he's just running into a pl- into the player. Yeah. Like it's one of those things. It should be okay. Then of course you look at it again. They slow mm. it down. I think there was a def- definite step to the side yeah. for Antonio. That he's, he's deliberately blocking him off, and there's yeah. a little bit of uh, you know mm. he kind of pushed him afterwards. So if he'd have been right in his path, and he's he's he just he just continues on yeah. the same line, yeah, it's a coming together. But when you when you step across, a, yeah. just even like a, a foot. Then I think it was deliberate, and I think yeah. it was the right call. So, yeah, but it, it took a couple of times to see it mm. to, for that for, for me to come to that conclusion. But it was kind of tight. Um, yeah, disappointing. So another day, day West Ham may have got, yeah. got a point, Rob. You mm. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, David Moyes will get them working. I'm sure they'll get things better. Just a quick roundup, mate, of a few of the other games. It was uh, Stephen yeah. Gerrard versus Frank Lampard. If you if you listen to the headlines, but it was Villa versus Everton, and Villa won this one two one. Danny Ings with a lovely finish. And Buendia came on for Coutinho and really affected the game in the last 20 minutes of that match um, before uh, a junior own goal for Everton. Uh, big win that for, for Villa. Stephen Gerrard, you know, did you talk about a little bit of pressure in the Tyrone Ming situation and captaincy and all this kind of stuff. But good three points for Villa uh, at Villa Park and Stephen Gerrard. No, that's right, Rob. And I did watch that game as well. And, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think one of, the, one of the points I made was Emi Buendia. Yeah. I, Better than Coutinho? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Coutinho was disappointing. Mm. Disappointing. And, and you come on and, you, and you're bright and you get a goal. Yeah. He's pushing now. He's pushing. And yeah. it's the way that they play with the two forwards, with him behind. It's ideal for both Coutinho or uh, Buendia. I just wonder if Steven Gerrard might just give him a run now a little bit. I think yeah. he deserves it. Yeah, um, and Everton, you know, a bit weak up front. Um, Onana looks an interesting looked, player, looked, Rob. Yeah, yeah I mean, he looked, Onana, looked not bad, player, did he? Come on. Big midfield. <laughs> I mean, he messed up, didn't he, for the goal? Yeah. Got caught as he tried to turn out, yeah. out and he got caught and the goal came from there. But he, he almost put it right, mm. or he did put it right with a, with a cross as well. So I think he looks good. They, yeah. they, they, they've got, as we knew, they, they're in a little bit of trouble, Everton. Mm. And they've got to, if I got, got to find someone to play up front, Rondon come into yeah. the game. But um, yeah, they were forced back a little bit. And Villa, I mean, Villa needed that too. So kind of yeah. an important game for the two managers that we know all about. Yeah. Um, but I thought they deserved it, yeah. Southampton 2 leads 2, leads 2 0 up. We're disappointed to have lost the lead. And Ralph Hassan Hurtle, hearing one or two places, a little bit of pressure on him. There's talk about maybe one or two dissenting voices mm-hmm. in the dressing room. So, good point in the end for Southampton, who, um, who needed that, I think, after um, you know, poor performance last week, uh, getting beat 4 1 and then being 2 0 down to Leeds. Mm. No, I think Leeds United is a, is a good watch. And again, yeah. I want to I take a close look at. You know, when we have their, their game on mm. our air, <clears throat> I'm not sure what, which we've got next weekend. I haven't looked at the next weekend yet, but yeah. that's when you get a really good look Tot- at these teams. Tottenham Wolves, Leicester, Southampton. Leeds, Chelsea on Sunday, August 21st. Leeds, oh, Chelsea. Brilliant. So that'd be a great game. Brilliant. Yeah, great. Be great game good, on, on yeah, the US. That, that just means we have a real, a real deep dive into yeah. Leeds ready for next weekend, so yeah, that'd be absolutely. good. Yeah. Other than that, Wolves, nil-nil, Fulham. Yeah. Yeah, Newcastle. Mitrovic uh, missed a penalty you know. there, didn't he, uh, for, for Wolves? I did. Wolves I won that, against yeah. Liverpool and then yeah. went the other side to the goalkeeper's right this time, and the goalkeeper read it, Jose Saw, made a good save. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair play to him. Mm. Fair play to him. And I think Wolves is another club. I mean, you know, you, you know, there's a player there that I think is a brilliant <laughs> little player, yeah. Pedro Neto. And, mm. I, you know, I, I know he had, a, he had awful injury issues last year, yeah. but every time I see him now in a Wolves shirt, I'm looking for him to. To do something special, I think he's a special player. But we'll yeah. see. I'm expecting a big season from Pedro Neto, but obviously not in this game, nil-nil. Yeah, and Brighton nil, Newcastle nil. Uh, again, this one, the Brighton had probably the better of, uh, of the chances. 
having played so well against um, against Manchester United last week. But in the end, two of the British coaches, in, uh, English coaches, beneath Graham Potter, going up against Eddie Howe, um, will probably both will accept that they can play better and, and, and accept a point on that one. Decent start to the season for both. Yeah, I agree, mate. I mean, I, Brighton's... You know, when we think about Brighton, Rob, we think about lovely football, lovely control, lovely possession, but but, yeah. but sometimes not enough cutting edge and mm. goals. Um, obviously, amazing result against Man United first weekend. Nil-nil yeah. uh, is going to be slightly disappointing. Maybe the fans are, uh, are unrestful. You know, we had the fans last year, Rob, wasn't it? They were booing yeah, yeah, uh, Brighton yeah. when they're in the middle of a bad run. Yeah. I don't expect yeah. that to happen again. Yeah. But yeah, so it's a little disappointing at mm. Brighton with what they did in the first weekend. But no, long, long way to go, my friend. What a week end we've had, mate. High drama as ever. Plenty of sports in the big London derby that ended up all square. Not sure things can get much worse for Manchester United. Humbled by the bees of Brentford. On the other part of Manchester, things are going well. Pep's team appearing. They put four past Bournemouth. And the first win back in the Premier League for Forest was something that I think all the city ground enjoyed today. We'll be back next week. It's on Monday, so make a date in your calendar on Monday, August the 27th, because we want to review match week three. And on that Monday, Liverpool face Manchester United at Old Trafford. We want to incorporate that game in, so the podcast will be on Monday, August the 22nd, not on the Sunday. But for now, I'm Earl, he's Musto, together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.